Welcome to Conversations with a Life Coach, a podcast series that explores the nuances of current topics in a world that tells us to think in black and white. Episode 7, Communication. What makes someone a good communicator? I think the straightforward answer would be someone who's who has the ability to communicate clearly what kind of goes goes on in their heads and is able to articulate and phrase it in such a way which is clear clearly received and mm-hmm. clearly expressed mm-hmm. for me what i learned was that good communication is about understanding having more information about the receiver as well. What are the ways and what is the right context in which I want to communicate this very clearly, but is my receiver able to understand, has the capacity to understand, has the presence to receive. I think great communication is not just about how clear I am, but it's also about considering the the person that is sitting in front of you and receiving the message so it doesn't really it doesn't really matter if you are good at getting your point across Mm. if you haven't interpreted how the person receiving that message takes on information yeah because sometimes they don't have the capacity maybe sometimes like there's so many things going on with them that they do not have the capacity to hear you out. So one of the things that I tend to do in my friendships is ask, are you, do you have the capacity to listen to me? Yeah. Or are you, are you okay to have this conversation right now? Because then it prepares the context for that openness to happen on both sides. Wait, sorry, understanding that or asking that? Asking that. Okay. Um... Does being a good communicator depend on how you deliver your message as well as interpret how the other person's going to take it? Mm. Um, Or is it more based on if you're successful? For example, Mm. you could communicate a message in a very, Mm. some might think is an aggressive way. And for some people, that's not a great way to communicate. But if you've got your points across, then you've reached the target, you've achieved Mm. your aim. So what's the the nuance? What's the difference? A conversation is not a business meeting. (laughs) There's no KPIs. The only KPIs, if they are, is has this message been received? Has this message been understood Mm -hmm. exactly the way you want it to be understood? Like, what does success mean? Like, success as in, like, how do you measure that? You measure it by, has this person understood what I've tried to communicate it Mm -hmm. in the right tone and in the right way in which I, my intention was? Well, what's the tone and and what is the right way? For example, Mm. okay, so if I've got a kid and... Mm. Um, oh, it's not easy, kid. Let's say I want to say to my partner, um, "Can you take out the rubbish, please? Mm. Can you take out the rubbish?" Um, now, I might ask really pleasantly and calmly and mm-hmm. sweetly, 
and it might not get done. Mm. Now, if I then say the fifth time in a week, I say, oh, please, can you take out the, the effing trash mm. <laughs> or whatever? And I'll be like, oh, yeah, shit, sorry, I forgot. Let me let me do that now. That wasn't maybe communicated in the nicest way, mm. but I got my point across. Does it make me a bad communicator? Because it took it took me being a bit pushy and aggressive? Mm. Or does that say more about the person receiving that message? We tend to escalate the importance of the message mm-hmm. in the emotional involvement or in the emotional expression of it. Mm-hmm. And most of the times, it doesn't go the way you say it, right? When you say, can you fucking... Take out the trash take out the trash mm. um it's not received oh yeah sorry i forgot it's not it's most of the time it's received with resistance or response an emotional response to why like yeah. that detracts from the actual conversation now the response is like why are you talking to me like this yeah, yeah why yeah. are you you know using these words when you communicate to me yeah. so escalating the importance of the message doesn't have to be in the emotional expression of it we can express that we're frustrated Mm -hmm. but that's much more efficient to say something like this this is really important to me i have seen that you consistently disregard this or you consistently uh have not done this and it's something Mm -hmm. that is really important that's that's that will go much much better Mm than you then getting angry in expressing that particular message. Can you be a good communicator when you're angry? So when I feel intense emotions, I understand that something is important or something important or something, you know, wound related, childhood related has been triggered in me. Mm -hmm. Right. So, but I also understand that 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 particular piece is, is important to me. So use that emotional heightened to guide you in the fact that you understand that this is something important to you rather than use it as channeling the way in which you express yourself. So that's what I would say. Don't speak, don't raise your voice because something is, has triggered you or irritated you or... Mm -hmm. Um, has caused this heightened emotions in you, but use it as, oh, this is, this is, I seem to really care about this. Yeah. And communicate the fact that you really care about this in a more matter of fact way rather than emotion. But there are some circumstances in which raising your voice mm. or being aggressive is, I would suggest, a form of good communication. Please tell me those examples. Um, right, for example, I think. I think I was on a tube a while mm. ago and I think some guy was trying to talk to this woman mm. and I think he was trying to make eye contact and then he's mm. trying to, yeah, I think he asked her about what she was reading. Um, and then I think she then after a while of like turning away, ignoring him, brushing him off, then said, like, look, like, please don't bother yeah. me. I'm, I'm trying to focus or whatever. And then in that situation, I think he wouldn't take no for an answer. And then she raised her voice. Yeah. And I think the rest of the tube heard. And then he was like, oh, okay, then mm. backed off. I mean, it's scenarios like that where yeah. you've, you've, you've made your position clear. Mm. That's not been adhered to. 
so then you've had to like be more emphatic yeah. about it i think that that's yeah that for me comes under good communication still because that mm. was about that person receiving the message and, and not taking it on board yeah. so then she then had to be a bit more blunt with her yeah she but there's a difference between emphasizing the firmness in mm. something in boundaries being crossed yeah and it's another thing to be emotionally heightened mm -hmm. when you communicate something i'm thinking thinking about that story reminds me of a friend who i've told you about off camera um i know her personally she's a lovely woman mm. um, but she is quiet um i wouldn't even say strong-minded but she's very um brisk in her delivery of a message mm. like she's very matter of fact she'll say i like something or i don't like something she mm. doesn't really do nuance and i think more than anything, it's because English isn't her first language. Yeah. When, and that's how we communicate. Now, you have some people who are very particular in their personalities or mm. in the way that they, they carry themselves and deliver a message. Mm. Are they bad communicators or are they just victims of their own circumstances being someone mm. who lives in a country where yeah. they don't speak the, the English isn't their native language? I had to understand how to communicate in a in a way in which is culturally accepted uh, when I moved here. And it was a cultural shift mm. that I had to understand because the Romanians are pretty straightforward as mm. well. Um, and they're not trying to be Aggressive. offensive. Yeah. They're just, this is it. Like they're just very matter of fact. So in those situations then, mm. is it about me being someone who's born and raised here and like mm. say I've met you for the first time or, or I'm getting to know you mm. is that about is it more the onus is more on me to interpret that mm. of okay she's not saying I literally don't like him or her or mm. this thing what they mean is I'm not it's not really for me but they don't mean it in a in an yeah. aggressive way it's just that the way that they communicate yeah, is that that's more on me to interpret that or is that about that person learning the nuances both but i think it's more on the person learning the nuances okay. i mean it really depends what's your intention of communicating when you communicate yeah. is it for me good communication is about understanding what we're here to do mm. what is the result we're trying to create together yeah so if the result is i am trying to communicate this message to you then i'm gonna think of all the ways in which i can make sure that that message is received and communicated properly yeah but for some people communication is about i need to be true to my own identity in the way in which i communicate yeah so it's down to you to decide what you're aiming for in that communication if you're aiming for the message to be received in a particular way then you have to be thinking of all these variables mm -hmm. of how you communicate the language that you use the nuances that you use in the language that you you employ in the conversation but if your mm -hmm. aim is to like i just want to put my point across yeah. whatever the consequences it has on the conversation or on the other person then yes, you know, you can, you can communicate. Depends what your definition of a good communicator is. There are some people who are very efficient mm. in the way that they speak. Mm. They just want to make their point clear as yeah. quickly as possible, especially if English isn't their first language. Yes. 
moving away from that particular instance, what about people whose personalities are just quite mm. um, abrupt? Mm. And for, for when they vocalize or something, an emotion, they don't mean to be um, harsh, as harsh yeah. as they come across. Now, that, I would say, is, is it's on them. The issue is we all have to be aware of how we come across, mm-hmm. all of us. Mm-hmm. I know I come across as someone cheeky. I come across as someone uh, You come across younger. as or you are? Um, I come across as. And you have to be aware. You have to take self-awareness to be like, I know this is how I'm perceived. Yeah. And in order to like power for me mm-hmm. and powerful communication and powerfully showing up in the world is being aware of how you come across mm-hmm. and tweaking it to a degree in which whatever you're trying to achieve in the world mm-hmm. is possible instead of trying to rebel against the world and how the culture that you live in um, perceives you that will bring you to no result, right? Because you can't change a culture, you can change you. And you can adapt and say, okay, in this kind of context, I can use that. And I have the flexibility to move between ways of communication. And that's really powerful to be in a place to do that. Purely specifically on on that point. Mm. Um, And this is maybe a bit less about communication and more about Mm. changing and being yourself. If you realize if you come to a point where you've had lots of interactions and you're like, mm. I think a lot of people are perceiving me or I'm coming across in a certain way. Should the, should your, your thought process be, oh, wow, I didn't realize that's how I'm perceived. Mm. Maybe that's who I am. And I need to get comfortable with mm. that and recognize that. Or should we be thinking, actually, I, I want to change that. Mm. Because if you feel, if you realize if you come to a point of, oh, wow, I didn't think I was this way, but clearly I am. You should, surely it should be about accepting it that rather mm. than changing that. Well, how you're perceived is not who you are. Let's just mm. put, make that mm. really clear. Mm. Good point. But it's, like I said, you have to be aware of how you're perceived. And then it's up to you if you want to change that yeah. or not. Yeah. If for you is, I want to be authentic and authenticity means staying true to who you have, who you are so far, who you have become so far, then that's that. But there will be consequences um, in the world because of that. Or I am aware of how I come across, but I will will know how to switch it on and off when needed. People, different types of people and personalities mean that we will um project in different ways Mm. if i am someone who is more of an introvert Mm. does that make me a bad communicator because when i hear the term whether it's personal or professional if someone says to me oh she's a great communicator i imagine someone who's very engaging Mm. very vivacious very uh, very energetic in the way that they um portray themselves or convey a message if I happen to be an introvert and I'm 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 more inward looking, I'm more yeah. not inward looking, but I'm more conservative in the way that I communicate. 
um, very low-key, very quiet, very withdrawn. Can that be used to characterize mm. how good my communication is? Or is that more of a personality trait? Mm. And you can still be a good communicator, yeah. even if you are mm. more um, reserved. Has nothing to do with your ability to communicate. What? Nothing. <laughs> okay. I'm, I actually have a bit of a bias towards introverts mm -hmm. because what they tend to do is because they don't like to talk so much, mm. they tend to be very intentional with the communication that they do put out there. Mm. They tend to communicate when, it, when it's a must mm. and when they actually have to add something of value. Mm. Obviously, there's like other personages, like they can be shy and there's mm. obviously other things can prohibit them from communicating mm. but having that tendency to really focus on your inside and really understand whether your communication adds to the silence mm. i i think of it like that okay. am i adding more to what is being communicated mm. when i speak mm. or am i just speaking because i need to hear myself mm. Or am yeah. I just speaking because I want to be in the center of attention? Yeah. So I tend to have a soft spot for introverts because they're so much more thoughtful in the way they actually communicate. Oh, so there's lots of situations where I've been around somebody, thinking of an uncle of mine in particular, mm. uh, and also a very good friend, um, that they, in, in terms of conversation, mm. they, they chip in here and there. But it, especially if we're in um, a space where it's a serious conversation, mm. they will tend to add one or two yeah. bits and that's it. Yeah. Or they won't say anything at all. So they, mm. they will, if, 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 if they feel like something is being covered already, they'll, mm. they won't add. Mm. But when they add something, everyone kind of turns out like, <gasps> oh, yes. shit. If, if he said yes. it or she said it, then it must be. Yeah. They must feel strongly about yeah, it, or that's something, something that... valuable. Yeah, yeah. I, I, okay. I, I see. I, I, mm. I, I, I come around to your thinking because you have to. We have to also be aware of the intention behind speaking. When yeah. we're speaking, what am I? What? Why? What's the reason why I'm speaking? <laughs> I have some people who like the sound of their own voice. Yes, <laughs> they're not really saying anything. Yes. That's exactly my point. <laughs> it's, it's, it really helps yeah. before you want to say something mm. to ask yourself, why do I want to communicate this? Mm. Is it, does it add to what has already been mm. communicated so far? Mm. And I think then you will start to really see a lot of, like have a lot of clarity around the intention of why you most of the time speak. I guess that, that whole less is more. Mm. applies considerably acro across all types of relationships mm. so in terms of so if, if you've you know you hear that thing of she doesn't like many people so if she mm. likes you that means you are mm. do you know what i mean mm. and a lot of people who they are they're not lukewarm about anything mm. if they have a dislike for something it's it's mm. it's raw and it's absolute but if they have a love and a passion and a care for somebody it is also mm. um unlimited Lack of communication, uh, I guess. My next question was going to be, is lack of communication or limited, mm. uh, reserved communication a form of communication in itself? Um, 
Hmm. Please know it's my, go on, sorry. I actually think lack of communication is so powerful. In a world in which everyone struggles with silence, in a world in which so many people want to fill up silent Mm. moments Mm. and everyone Mm. wants to just say things because Mm. they can't sit in in silence people who do in my view show so much confidence Mm. and because of all this background of continuous noise Mm. someone who actually says nothing when you're continuously throwing stuff at them Mm is so such a powerful place to sit in if you can hold that space all right so that two things on that point particularly mm-hmm. one thing that um i always reference as a good sign of someone mm-hmm. having a, a bond with somebody is if it's not about whether or not there are lots of things that you have in common and you talk about together it's whether or not you can be in the same space mm-hmm. and not feel the need to speak yeah. because a lot of people they don't yeah. they're like oh i've run out of things to say and it doesn't yeah. have to be about that you don't yeah. need to you shouldn't need because to feel it the shows need. that you're comfortable yeah yeah exactly um my next point is great because it seems like i'm asking a question and then your answer kind of preempts my next question which is can not necessarily introverts and extro- extroverts have great communication but somebody who is less animated and Mm. someone who is um you know very very much not the silent type Mm. can those two opposites Mm. not not attract but long term get on with each other and have a good Mm. communicative relationship especially if someone wants wants to constantly project and the other person Mm. is very much happy to be reserved It really depends. It depends on how that balance is built. So if someone really likes to communicate and I really needs to make things clear all the time, tends to be, tends to want that clarity back. Yeah. Someone who thinks about things and someone who's great at like nuancing and perceiving the world through nuances and tends to want to have a partner that that understands that about yeah. them yeah. but understanding that about Sorry, them, understands or, or understands and reciprocates this is depends okay it depends because sometimes it can really show up as a good balance someone who takes up a lot of space when it comes to communication and the other part the other person actually holds the space but it makes them under, feel understood and seen and and honored. Mm-hmm. So there can be someone who's more of an introvert, but it really makes the extrovert feel that they're heard. Yeah. Even if they don't need don't have the same need of communicating everything back. Mm-hmm. Or it could come across as someone who's like incompatible, right? Okay. But I think it depends on, so I've, I've had that, like I've had that dynamic previously where I, I love words and I love, 
I'm a thinker and I love to think about different aspects of my life and I love to understand them and I love mm. to um, explore different ways of thinking about things. And in my previous relationships, I really struggled because this other person wasn't able to articulate themselves in the same way or understand the nuances that I was communicating. Mm. So I don't think it was so much the fact that they weren't as communicative as me, mm. but it was more the fact that when I was communicating, they didn't have the, the depth of understanding that I was communicating. So I was constantly frustrated that they just don't get it. Mm. So I'm more inclined to say, as long as the person feels understood, it doesn't necessarily need someone who communicates in the same way that you do, mm -hmm. but they need to feel like when they do communicate it, communicate, this person gets it. Um, quickly pausing on, on relationships mm. in a romantic setting. Mm. There's this term that's come to my head now, strong, silent type. Mm. Is that something that can be attractive? Is that, is that what we're talking about when we're talking about someone who's reserved? Not, not someone who can't understand and mm. therefore can't articulate, but someone who just chooses their interjections carefully. Yes. And, and, and it has the emotional intelligence to understand where there's a need to communicate and where there's just a need to hold space for someone. Can you be that way inclined? Mm as a boss can you be the strong yeah. silent type and be a leader yeah. of a team because in my experiences my most impactful and inspiring mm. bosses or leaders have been people who have been very engaging gift of the gab yeah yeah to a point i feel like if my boss is someone who's very brooding very quiet and very mm, and it's like, I can't interpret. I want someone if, in, in, in the workplace. I want someone to be, this is it. This is what we're going to do. There's no ambiguity. Um, and, I, and I'm wondering, can that, can that be achieved by somebody who is quite, mm. has those, 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 those traits when they communicate? You need to be able to do both as a leader, right? You need to mm. know when it's about communicating clarity of vision. Mm or of understanding or of like next steps. Um, and there's times where it's about other people. It's not about your opinion. It's about mm. listening and pulling together gems from other people. But that also needs someone who is able to be quiet and who is interested in other opinions um, and beyond their own. And the, the, the thing with people that have the gift of the gab, yeah is that they really love to hear themselves and it tends to be they tend to feel like they are right yeah and they struggle most of the time to listen to other people's opinions and they struggle to just be quiet and allow other people to take the stage um i'm gonna use a football analogy mm. because there's not enough sport on this podcast um, <laughs> um i take from what you said it reminded mm. me of when people talk about the best football managers mm. um because oftentimes 
I hear and you hear professional players saying uh, that the best managers they had were the managers who applied mm. different yeah. ways of interacting to different players. Yes. There were some players that needed to be told to, you know, yes. fucking get it together and get on with it. And there were other players who yes. needed a bit more love and attention. And, and yes. yeah, and, um, and that's what it reminded me of. Mm-hmm. And I guess, I guess if you're an effective communicator, you should be able to do both. Yes. So what if I realize that I'm not an effective communicator? Mm. What do I do? What, how do I, I guess you come to that reali- realization by, I guess, someone telling you. Mm. But if you know that, how do you become better? How do I become mm. more engaging if that's what I'm lacking? Or how do I tone down the gift of the gab and be more direct and mm. intentional and efficient? Depends on what your struggle is. So the first is understanding where you're lacking. So if you're lacking in, I'm communicating something and I, people can't seem to understand what I'm communicating, then it might be a matter of like practicing clarity and practicing choosing the right words that communicate the message in the best way. Or if the, your struggle is to, you have the gift of the gap. Yeah, you really over-talk. Yeah, you over-talk. Mm-hmm. Then... The, your challenge would be to listen, to not talk, to make an actual effort of going to in the next meetings and saying nothing. Yeah. And that's going to be hard for people who are so used to talking all the time. But it's also so powerful where you understand how many things you've missed out on. Mm because you are so busy formulating your next thought in your head instead of being present into what's going on yeah, around yeah. you and oh, actively listening. Does that apply personally and professionally? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to take the take a different direction and and, and lower the tone. Uh, there are certain situations where I guess it's about less communication verbally okay and more about physical communication mm. uh and i'm just going to use it not because it was on my mind but it's it's a good it's a good um it's a good option to draw from um if i'm in an intimate setting mm-hmm. and i'm trying to communicate with somebody and for some people talking during um sex is is not a thing for them or it's not appropriate or it's just they're just not good at it and that's fine i don't mean sex talk i mean communicating Mm. something and a lot of the times people communicate you'd hope they can communicate without having to say something which brings me on to like non-verbal cues Mm. is there a place where you go to learn about that or does it just come naturally to you Mm. because and, and i guess that can there are stereotypes about different people from from different countries and different regions. For example, Italians are supposed mm. to be well known for gesticulating at the mm. same time when they speak, and it's really beautiful to look at and really engaging to look at. And you can be left in no doubt of what the person is trying to say mm. because they're moving their hands exactly to to convey what their message mm. is. However, in a, in an intimate setting. How do you learn how to communicate without words, especially in those moments where it can be quite embarrassing or quite 
you can you can you, you can find yourself very nervous and vulnerable. And I'm gonna keep going. In um, the thought that I had just now is that it almost seems like we go in reverse as well. Like when we're children, mm. we're very yeah we're very clear about uh thinking about my my nephew and i think i was trying to to encourage him to eat some broccoli or something mm. and he was like no and he put his hand out yeah, so, like yeah, a stuff i, was like, yeah. I don't want it <laughs> it's very clear so and it seems like yeah we do less of that we're less yeah. communicative even though we become more mature yeah so the older we get the more emphasis we put on our thoughts and the more disconnected we are from our bodies. Mm. Also, we tend to hold back from expressing with our bodies. Yes. And we can see so many times in which, even when people sneeze, mm. I mean, we can't even sneeze properly anymore. We have to <laughs> like tone it down. And there's this like really, t- oh, and no. I'm like, Oh, you're one of those people that sneezes really loud. Yes, <laughs> because your body needs to sneeze. And that applies to everything. We just hold mm. our expression, our bodily expression. Mm. We, make, we minimize it mm. as we go through life mm. because it's too much to really take up space. Yeah. And, um, and it also comes from confidence, right? Yeah. Because we feel less and less confident in our own skin we're born with all the confidence and all the you know the joy in being ourselves and like it just starts like chipping away life starts chipping away at it Mm. and we start becoming smaller and smaller and we feel like you know we we have to express everything in smaller ways and it ends up being you know like almost like we have no communication via our bodies because we're constantly pushing everything down yeah, but we i find like in society in the outside it, it, communication um i totally agree with you and we find ourselves limiting our mm. expressions yes but then in those taking it back to sex in those more intimate settings we we want and expect the other person yes. to be really expressive when we think yes. about uh, memorable experiences where like, oh, that, that whoever it was yeah. they were so engaging and so passionate and yes. you know present um but then on the outside yes going from from and this could be from having sex with someone to sneezing in public um it's complete disconnect mm-hmm. yes. almost yes and then you wonder why people find it hard to express themselves in bed does that mean that, so that person who i was criticizing on the train for sneezing really loudly and mm. passionately yeah. Um, was probably having the best sex yeah, in the entire this garage. sense of like this society has created this <laughs> sense of like properness okay right like and it's a it's constraining us from expressing with our bodies like even when you talk about italians we mm. say oh this like there'll be too much yeah right because they talk with their bodies funny enough italians are apparently apparently supposed to be Amazing lovers, which is what happens that they're known for being very expressive yeah. and gesticulating. Yes. Um, I would I, I have no idea about that, but I'm sure I'm sure there's some truth to it. Um, how do we get better at projecting our emotions non-verbally, though? Especially if we're 
we're less confident in in those settings and and mm. moving away from if you're being physical with somebody even the way that we carry ourselves the way mm. your partner reacts to something that you do how do we is that is that just is, is it about learning to communicate those emotions non-verbally or is it a case of when we're comfortable with somebody we will do it naturally we have to like start reconnecting to our bodies more and we have to allow our bodies to manifest themselves more that's how you reconnect to anything right like to go to the gym to mm. be able to build muscles so yeah. that that's already that starts becoming you start becoming good at it right you start like building muscle and mm. so it's the same like if like dance and allow yourself to feel your body more and engage in activities that that involve letting your body express mm. that's how you'll be able to reconnect because most of people are just really toning their body's expressions down on a regular basis and they have been doing it for a long time so the way to reconnect is by freeing yourself from doing all those things and being aware when you're like, why shouldn't, you know, do these big gestures? Why yeah. shouldn't um, draw attention? Myself. Because I walk and I take a lot of space when yeah. I walk. Yeah. Um, it's practicing these things and say like, yes, I take up space because I am big. Yeah. And there's so many people that like hunch down, mm, mm, right? Mm, mm just because they there's just really like this and a lot of lack times, of um owning their height a lot of times when we when we think in our minds oh i need to limit mm. this i need to tone this down our maybe we don't even realize that there yeah. is a physical representation of that with our yeah. bodies it and always see... is it always is that's why we talk about verbal non-verbal cues yeah. right because all this lack of confidence mm. is translated visible, in the yeah. way in which we, our bodies express themselves and sit. Mm, mm, mm. And that's, I guess, what, what makes us more, I don't want to say necessarily attractive, but visible to other people. Mm. Yeah. And I think a lot, of, a, lot, a lot of the times there are, I'm going to speak from a male perspective, uh, men who are really interesting people mm who will never get the chance to show that side because from their physicality, it's not that they look a certain way. It might be their posture gives out an energy mm. of this person is dull. This person has nothing going on. It could yeah. be the most engaging, amazing, interesting human being, but because the outward presentation is less appealing, mm. purely by the way someone carries themselves, yeah. Um, there are lots of mis misconnections and misconceptions about that person. But you probably know how they say, like the first impression is like the physical mm -hmm. one. So you come into a space and then people already judge you for how you look mm -hmm. and how you've stepped into that space. But the next mm -hmm. step is how you speak. Mm -hmm. And that is so much in your control. Mm -hmm. And if someone comes across as someone boring mm. and like unappealing and like physicality doesn't really help in that way, yeah. what this person can work is on their communication. Make sure when they speak, 
there's depth. But a lot of people they don't even get the chance to because yeah. and I don't when I say how someone looks, I mean I don't mean okay he has to be six foot six and mm. have a six pack. I there are people who have entered a room who if you're talking about fitness they look mm. out of shape, mm-hmm. but they carry themselves with the mm. presence and the mm. confidence. It could be someone who's yes four foot nothing mm-hmm. but the way that they carry themselves yeah. is very much attention grabbing mm-hmm. um does that also mean then the onus is also on us as receivers of those communications to be more open-minded and more understanding and what i mean by that is i've definitely had situations where I've seen someone very calm. You saw my own in the space. Someone walk into an area like a gym, and a lot of the time, so like, oh, I've been with some with a friend of mine, and someone has walked in or walked past in a really confident, swaggerish way, and I'd say, you know, wrong, wrongly so. There were times where we would have looked at each other and been like, oh, "What the, what the, mm. like, why, why is, why are they walking like what?" And really, yeah. we should mm. be appreciating that that person is very comfortable in themselves and owning the space that they're in. And they have clearly they have good things going on because they feel very they seem very comfortable with themselves. So is it about us also changing our interpretation of okay that is arrogance that is um, someone who's conceited that is someone who is taking up a lot of space because they're selfish and more looking at somebody and appreciating they look really happy they look really confident they look really interesting or they've got their shit together or whatever. So this this applies to things in general. If mm. something triggers you, it's about you. It's not about the other person. So mm. if you're like, so arrogant, mm. yeah, you're struggling with that <laughs> issue much more than they are. It's more about the fact that you would really struggle to walk like that mm. in that mm. space mm. instead of anything to do with them. Yeah. So. It's always the case when someone triggers you, you've triggered, they've triggered some part of you that you struggle with. Okay. So I would look at that first. And we are conditioned to keep, to keep ourselves small. Mm-hmm. And it also comes down to that. All these people are doing is walking in the way in which is, it's natural to them. It's natural to yeah. them. Yeah. And anyone who who feels the same or who embodies the same respect and relationship with themselves mm. will not be triggered. Mm. Will be like, good for them. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Mm. Yes. Mm. Mm. Only mm. people that have issues with it themselves will mm. be like arrogant. Mm. It's, mm. It's so stuck up. <laughs> Right. So full of themselves. <laughs> Who should they be full of? I love this. Actually, I've heard this somewhere and I'm like, I'm using this. I hasten to add my comment about this person was a long time ago. Different mm-hmm. guy now. Sure. You know, I, I appreciate I appreciate this swagger. Yes. Yes. Um that's rare. I probably walked like that myself while yeah, I was criticizing them. Yeah, you do. <laughs> um in terms of interpretation. Mm. Uh, and the messages that we receive and the things that we notice and take notice of. Mm. Uh, I didn't get to cover it in the last um, episode when we were talking about healthy relationships. Mm. Um, 
why is it that we, even people who are very attentive mm. um, and experienced, we tend to miss out or ignore mm. potential red flags mm. in people that we we come across or meet for the first time because yeah. you talked about being a good communicator mm. it's it's about conveying a message but also understanding and interpreting the person who's receiving that message so does that make me a not not so great communicator mm. because i've missed this thing mm. or is that about the person who i've interacted with being good at amplifying their green flags and i mm. miss the red flag there's in my opinion there's two things that are happening here mm -hmm. one we tend to miss red flags because we have already built in our heads mm. how we want things to go mm. so we're so stuck on the image or the story we have built for the two of us mm. and we're so gr like grasping it we don't so recognize. tightly that we don't we we ignore because we want that story to happen so badly yeah that we we don't recognize we don't want to, to recognize anything that would jeopardize that story mm. from happening mm. so that's one thing that happens mm. When we're already seeing ourselves at the altar yeah. and we've just <laughs> met them and we're already saying, oh my God, like mm. our families would get together mm. and they would go on down so well. And then mm. we would have kids and then I would wear this dress and like we get a dog and we will move here. And mm. you're like, this shouldn't be like five dates. Mm. 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 And that's so damaging to being present in the space in which you're at which mm. is you've been on five dates yeah you're still getting to know each other and i'm guilty for doing that before mm. as well mm. and one of the things i i've stopped doing is i just whenever my mind would slip into like building stories mm. i would just shut it off mm. and i said no you're not there yet mm. there's no need to be building up this fictional scenario because mm. you have no idea if this is going to happen in that way or if it's going to happen at all that's one two because we're so disconnected from the information and the messaging that comes from our bodies and because we don't trust them because what we're trusting is our heads mm. and that's all we've been conditioned to trust only what's the logic and the thoughts that go through our minds rather than the sensations and the gut feeling and yeah the, yeah and the intuition we don't know what to do with that mm. messaging most of the time and we think it's like oh it's not it's not something irrelevant right that we actually use to make decisions and that's what tends to happen because our bodies are so smart picking up so many things from yeah. outside of us that yeah. our brain is not yeah. equipped to do mm. and we're like yeah yeah it's just gut feeling i mean what is that i don't really trust it i don't really use it as guiding my life and that's what 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 happens with so sometimes we're red flags almost too logical we just take the information that's yeah in front of us rather than listening to the yeah and there's nothing wrong bodies. with oh i've had this okay i, I call them yellow flags mm. there's nothing wrong with like hmm he raised his voice at the waiter uh... right 
this could potentially be a red flag, right? Someone who has like, who can potentially be aggressive. Mm. Don't be cutting people off like too quickly either, right? Just allow different situations to happen so you see them, so you understand if it's an actual trait yeah. or if it's like an isolated situation. That's why I call it yellow flag because you're still, you keep it in your head and you're like, huh, this is a potential question mark here. Yeah. But I'm going to see, maybe it was just, you know, that particular day he was really tensed or he was really overwhelmed whatever mm. he was going on was going on in his life that doesn't mean he's aggressive it just means that in that particular situation he just had too much on but give it a while and treat it as a yellow flag instead of just like straight away just said okay red flag i'm done he's aggressive but in terms of good communication is mm. there also maybe a need for us if we have question marks to actually ask them mm. and say yeah, you know, I noticed you were a bit aggressive today. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. wanted to understand yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Yes, of course. Um, because I think I think a lot of times when you ask those questions, you either get to the root of something, yes. or at least they're not a surprise to you when down the yes. line they they come back again. And then maybe even like it points out to the fact that they can't, they're not even aware of it, mm. or they're and you make them aware of it, mm, or mm, mm, exactly, or you realize that they're not even able to speak about what's going on. Mm. So that's so just, yeah, I would just give it a bit more time and I would yellow flag most of the situations instead of red flagging them. Something that I felt um, seems to be a message that comes back to me, at least from our conversation so far, is that mm. communication with externally with other people is highly dependent on the communication we have within ourselves, mm. but as in the, the communication between our, our head mm. and our hearts. Yes. Um, so I guess if we're not comfortable in having those kind of conversations within ourselves, yes. uh, as, as well as taking note of the way our yes. body reacts or the fe- that feeling, that intuition that we might have, mm. um, I guess one of the things that will improve our external communication is improving those, that interpersonal yes. relationship. And understanding what they mean. Yes. And there's one tip that I also want to talk about, mm. which was, which I actually learned from Simon Sinek, and it tends to be really helpful in relationships. So whenever someone is in, in a really emotional space, mm. your way of communicating to this person should mirror the way, the place where they're at. So if someone is in an emotional space, mm. don't come with rational decisions or rational help and problem solving come in and offer them emotional support mirror the space they're in Mm -hmm. to be able to suit them through that emotion until they come out of it and they're able to be more rational and then you can start coming in with rational solutions okay because otherwise what happens is like they will feel misunderstood or unseen mm. or oh my emotions are not taken seriously or respected you're already so ready to like give me solutions even but i'm not person, ready to find solutions even if yet. that person has the best intentions yes for you as well i think we had a conversation about this before yes in terms of um yeah being in a space where yeah um it was about uh, i don't want to use the term not living in the space being allowing yourself to feel the emotion yeah. that you had at the time yeah 
and then someone coming in to hmm. well intentioned they've seen that you're upset about something yeah. and they their their ideas okay, okay well, how do you fix yeah. this how do we yeah Again. And that, just be with that emotion and just say, like, look, I really understand what you're feeling. Mm. And just just be there mm. for them in the emotion that they're feeling. And then at some point, they're going to be ready when they're going to start thinking a bit more logical yeah. about what's going to happen next. Yeah. Then you can come in with the solution. Well, I was going to say it's important for some some people won't recognize that. Mm. For them, their, their thought process is, okay, I love this person. I want to make mm. things better. They, then it's not that they're disregarding your emotion yeah. in that moment. They, their intention is to make things right. Yeah. So I think if that person who's in the emotional state feels that way, it might not be that the person just doesn't get it. They, they're already looking to find a solution. And yeah. it should be expressed that that's what they need. If that person is an understanding, I think sometimes the person who is in that emotional state mm. should try and find the time and the articulation to say, I don't need solutions. I just need a hug right now, or I just need you to listen mm. to what the issue is and understand why it's upset me but or pissed me what off. What you're doing here is you're asking them to be rational in a moment where they're emotional, and this is what most yeah. of the people yeah. struggle with. Yeah. And most of the couples struggle with. Yeah, I'm like feeling all this intense emotion, and I can't really understand it for myself. It's just really taking over all my. Uh, capabilities mm. and you're telling me to like explain to you where i'm like all heightened emotions mm. so in that space just just come up be the support and say look i see how you feel it's gonna be okay just be there for the emotion that they're going through and then when they calm down they will be able to explain what has happened would you say the same principle should be applied to all relationships because when you're talking mm. about that i yeah. immediately thought to parent and a child yeah um yeah. people discipline their parents differently yes. um and i think what i've seen more and more yeah are parents who who want to talk through and understand yeah. how the child is feeling and why they feel that way and why they're upset and yeah. then almost have little breadcrumbs or triggers that allows that child to find their way back to being calm mm. And, yeah. and happy in that moment rather than why are you crying like why are you, yeah. you know, or whatever yeah. it is um, and it doesn't have, always have to be an aggressive why are you yeah. crying it can be a case it's of, just like i can see you're really angry yeah you know, tell me how are you feeling yeah to help me understand what you're feeling and people just need to feel seen and understood and mm. that's what the emotions do mm. and give you that opportunity to really make that person feel deeply listened to in that moment mm. they're not that's not yet the moment to offer solutions and you think and obviously you think that that's um transferable across different relationships yes even in parent-child relationships yes um i'm asking that because i know you told me about um someone close to you who's mm. very communicative um with their yeah. children and thinking back to it I, I mean obviously I was and even like you can ask even if you're unsure if you're still new to understanding this dynamic mm. you can say like are you ready to speak about solutions mm. and people are like no mm. <laughs> like, mm. if they're not ready they will tell you I'm not interested I'm mm. not in the space to look for mm. solutions yet so like just try there's no harm in you know getting it wrong but it's better to try instead of 
going in with like solution solving mindset. Yeah, speaking about getting it wrong, mm. I have found, being the engaging communicator that I am, mm-hmm. that sometimes my my method of communication has been misconstrued and misunderstood. Mm. So I, I I like to to speak to people to get to know people. I love conversations yeah. and I love asking questions and. Clearly, there have been a few, yes, <laughs> and there's been a few times where that interest mm. and that passion for people has been mm. misunderstood as perhaps romantic interest. Mm. <laughs> now, whose fault is that? Is that my? Is that me as a bad communicator that mm. I'm just trying to get to know somebody? I'm really engaging. I'm trying to be engaging. Um, am I doing something wrong by that being perceived as? does he like me is he like he's like giving me a lot of attention like mm. or or is that a problem with the person receiving uh, or being on the receiving end of my communication who's misinterpreting mm. that in brackets like i feel like i'm pretty clear about if i'm romantically interested with somebody and if i'm it's a platonic thing i like to think so well clearly that's not the case if you had <laughs> if you had people who misinterpret it, Tw- it means, twice like... it's happened twice yeah, so it means like there's not that that clarity is not on their side as well, mm. right? Because otherwise you wouldn't have this issue and you wouldn't be asking me this yeah. question. Um, I think, like I said, just you just need to be aware of the fact that you come across as that and be super clear from the beginning whenever that's the right context and just say like, look, I'm just really interested in your story, mm. but I, I have a girlfriend. Know. Or but, you know, I'm just interested in in you as a friend. Doesn't any part of you feel like in the way society is now um, that any kind of communication can be mm. misconstrued because it seems to be um, interactions between male and mm. female or, or between between um, individuals who could potentially be in a relationship um, is polarized? For example, like at the, how many videos do we see at the people at the gym where somebody's walking around to say good morning, like, oh, do you like, mm. can you spot me or whatever? And it's mistaken as, oh my God, this guy won't leave me yeah. alone or this girl won't leave me alone. Part of me feels like I think it's more about society. I mean, it yeah. sounds like I'm taking it personally, but I'm pretty sure I've engaged with somebody on a, I'm just interested in your story. Yeah. And the opposite person has mistakenly taken that as, romantic interest yeah yes but it still doesn't solve your problem because you can't go and change society's perception (laughs) on this you have to be aware of it you have to be aware of how you come across and you have to be aware of how that tends to be perceived Uh... and in a world where everyone is just interested in themselves and in a world where everyone just wants to speak about themselves Uh... and no one listens someone like you who gives the space and interest and passion in people's stories mm. will be like, what? Mm. Will be interpreted as potentially something more. So I shouldn't care because it feels like the options are I either care about it and mm. potentially limit myself or change yeah. my personality, which I don't want to do. Yeah. So really, I, the answer is maybe to I, not think about it and just... No, like, I think okay. you need to be aware of it. You need to be aware that that's a reality. Mm. That's a reality you will keep having. I don't think the solution is to stop being yourself. If this is something, a trait of you that really makes you happy. 
um, and it's so much you. I don't think you should stop from being that, but、mm. I think you need to be aware, and I need to be communicated super clearly that that's not what it is. That it tends to be interpreted as this, but it's it's just me being interested in your story because I'm a writer. Mm. Mm. So, but you can't walk around. Being annoyed that this is how you're perceived, <laughs> because it's just a recipe for unhappiness, and it doesn't solve anything. The only thing you can solve, you can't change society overnight,、mm. right? The only thing you can change is like, okay, I want to keep this because it's who, who I am. It's such an important piece of who I am.、Yeah. But how do I make this in such a way in which it's perceived in the right in the right manner? I mean, I. I, I'm that's a personal story to me,、mm. and I think that that general、um, issue is normally flipped on its head.、Mm. What I normally find or hear about is、um, a woman might speak to a guy and ask him like two questions, and then the guy is like, "She she must like me," like and it's like I literally ask for directions. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Or if a woman. Has an interest in a guy, and、mm. it's like, oh, you know, what you do is really interesting. If it's、mm. not, if any kind of show of, of, of interest or intrigue in somebody has to be sexual、mm. or romantic or something based on attraction rather than、yeah. just being interesting. So, as a woman who I think many people would find attractive and have、mm. found attractive, how do you navigate that? Because what do you do if you meet、mm. someone who's really interesting and engaging? Surely, in the back of your mind, you're, you, there's that、yeah. thing of、oh, I think she likes me. So, how do you approach people, or how do you navigate that? I find a way. Like, if I'm genuinely interested in someone as a friend, yeah, and I want to get to know them, I find a way of communicating that this is a friendship thing.、Mm. So, you need to be very like self-aware.、Mm. But also, you need to understand that the default relationship between people is a is a has a sexual kind of tone to it,、mm. right? And that's what most people are looking for.、Mm. Everything else is secondary. So Sorry, the quickly, default、yeah. is we're trying to be in relationships. We're trying to find someone.、Yeah. So the the default of any interaction will be. Potentially, some one of them or both are interested in something happening between the two of them. And that's, subcon- and that's a subconscious default, would you say? That's a. Con- I think I would say it's a conditioning thing.、Mm. We're conditioned to make relationships as one of the most important、mm. thing that we pursue、mm. in our lives.、Mm. Um, and again, you have to be aware of this.、Mm. And if you want something else, you need to express that something else. I was listening to another podcast.、Mm. Um, uh, very, <laughs> let's call it a guilty pleasure kind、okay. of podcast. I would never admit to it if you asked me what the name was.、Um, but there was a woman speaking on it, and she's saying to to the rest of the contributors that within within the first maybe five to ten seconds of meeting someone, she、mm-hmm. would already ascertain whether or not she was going to. Be with that person in a romantic or sexual way.、Mm-hmm. Um, is that based purely on the person looking, or does that depend on how the other person communicates and carries themselves?、Mm. 
I mean, it depends what she's looking for, right? Like, is it? Well, in terms of what preferences yeah. are, what's attracted to, to yeah. her or not? Okay. Like, she just really depends what her preferences, values are. Mm. So if she's spotting those things, um, then she can see, okay, there's, there's a potential here. I can tell very quickly as well. Mm. I can tell, one, if there's attraction. Mm. Secondly, in the interaction, if there is, because for me, banter and humor, mm. that sort of like back and forth, mm. is something that I'm looking for because mm. I want that in my life. Mm. So that you can tell that it's like clever or banter. Mm if it's present there or not you can tell straight away right yeah and then for me depth and someone who i feel thinks for themselves mm. rather than thinks what the status quo is yeah yeah is a really important aspect to me so if i i can figure this out in the first interaction 100 mm. percent, from like the most basic questions mm. the way you answer I can tell whether you take all these three boxes. Um, quickly on, on banter, something really important to me. I've seen so many um, people talking about uh, dating or online dating mm. and they talk about banter. Someone wants someone with banter. Mm. I, my position is I feel like we all have banter to a certain degree. It's mm. just different levels. Mm. To someone who might have banter that is very childish and mm. very base level uh, and very crude mm. and there are other people where i've se- i've seen other- some people describe what they say um a uh, dry sense of humor mm. or alternative sense of humor um or someone who's witty for me that you can you can have banter about lots of different things on yeah. lots of different levels i don't think it's a case of this person has or hasn't got it mm. i think it's just the, the is it the same do you understand yeah. each other do you make each level. other laugh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, you can be funny, and I'm like, well, yeah. I don't find that funny. But then to someone else, they might be hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, this is clearly a compatibility thing. Thank you very much. That was uh, very communicative. Mm. And um, <laughs> I think uh, I think I think you projected and presented yourself very well. There's nothing that I didn't understand. Uh, communicated really well yeah 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 you ticked okay, you, I was ticking lots of boxes throughout this conversation okay, and it was just anything else that I'll try and uh, I'll, I'll add to the next episode okay. much appreciated you're welcome <laughs>